Oh, there you are, my people. It is so good to see you once again, Wednesday, October 18th. Thank you so much for stopping on by Damon Bruce Plus for a little live show that we like to do right around this time, Monday through Friday. It's so good to see you again. It is gorgeous outside. Uh, it's funny. We woke up this morning, taking the kids, dropping them off at daycare. Jillian turns to me. She's like, you know, this is earthquake weather. We were just talking about the earthquake anniversary yesterday. And today, would they had a little shaker, what, up in or around Sacramento, somewhere out in the Delta there? So uh, everybody stay safe and hold on to shit. When things start shaking, I think we'll be okay. But yeah, it is earthquake weather out there, and we had one. So uh, let's get rocking here, as you have so dubbed it, Plusers. Happy Humo Day to all of you. We don't do hump day around here. We do Humo Day for some reason. It's amazing what one typographical error will do to change the arc of an entire show. Uh, that is where we are. That is that is how we're living these days. Uh, real quick, uh, AJ tried to drop Song of the Day, Cliffs at Dover by Eric Johnson. I haven't heard anybody reference Eric Johnson in like 25 years. I had that album of his, what, Ah um, Musica or whatever it was. Uh, he, the guy was a hell of a guitarist. I actually saw him open for, I think, like either it was Tom Petty or Eric Clapton or somebody. Um, but okay, Eric Johnson. And at least Stacey Leo's like, I'm going to check this out. Cliffs of Dover right now. It's a great song. It's a great song. So AJ Cruz, your uh, taste in music is unprecedented. Nice job. Uh, we got uh, good news for former 95.7 The Gamers. Alan Stiles has got a gig up at 1140 in Sacramento. Speaking of Sacramento, again, I talked to Kyle Madsen uh, yesterday. He's on 1320 up in Sacramento. He was part of the 95.7 The Game diaspora. Then it was just a three-man diaspora. It was me, Ray, and Kyle had to get sacrificed. And... Um, I'm so glad that Kyle's landed on his feet again. Alan Styles, these are two young men that when stations find this kind of young talent, you don't let them go somewhere else. And the fact that they had to go somewhere else just shows you the state of Bay Area radio and what a bunch of know-nothings that are running that these days. I don't even know if it's know-nothings. It's no budget. That's that's the problem there. Uh, Old Dirty Hungus invites everyone to check out the F Yourself bus. Plenty of room for everyone on there. Yeah, and this is the show to put everyone on there. Uh, True blue uh he's got worse harking his harshing his mellow uh, on this humo day so uh hopefully that mellow is less harshed as the day indeed goes along uh we are going to uh we're gonna hop right in here with the story of roger goodell's extension give it a minute just a just a scotch scotch too hot give it a minute Let's talk about the $700 million man. Roger Goodell is agreeing to a three-year contract extension that's going to keep him commissioner of the NFL through 2027. When he walks away, he will have made twice as much money as any player who has ever played in the NFL. Isn't that nuts? I mean, isn't that nuts? I, I, I... There is, there's no doubt that there is an element of whatever Roger does where he's very, very good at that job. We're going to talk about what those elements are, what his real job requirements are, and how ultimately replaceable I think the man is for a price that is 
coming in way under what they're paying him. Now, he has turned multi-millionaires into multi-billionaires, but was it Roger? Was it a media deal that would have happened without Roger? Like, I think all these things could have happened. Like, the advent of the internet and the iPhone has done more to increase NFL valuations than anything Roger Goodell ever did. I, I, to me, it's just nuts. When he walks away, he will have made twice as much money as any player in NFL history to stand at a podium in a suit. It's good work if you can find it, I guess. But that's that's just crazy. The economic framework of Goodell's New Deal is not known, but it's expected to be incentive-laden considering the league's financial success. It's very likely to be the most lucrative deal ever given to any commissioner in any sport. This is the fourth extension for Goodell, who took over for Paul Tagliabue back in 2006. So they're very, very happy with the job that he has done. And when you look at the growth of the league, certainly he hasn't slowed it down in any way, shape, or form. Um, what has he really done? Well, ESPN's story about this extension goes on to make the case. Since his last extension, Roger Goodell has helped finalize a CBA that has brought continued labor peace and a new media rights deal of more than $100 billion with the networks of CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN, and now Amazon, of course, is in the game. Uh, the NFL has a media deal that is the envy of every other sports league on the planet, not just in America, but on the planet. Uh, the NFL also has a multi-billion dollar streaming deal now with YouTube. Hey, everybody going to YouTube. Uh... Uh, obviously, that's where Sunday Ticket is now, and I I remember us talking about Sunday Ticket going to YouTube and thinking that the the, the delay is going to really upset people. That it has not, and everyone is talking about how much they are enjoying their NFL YouTube experience, the way that the shared screen presents itself. People are happy. So, uh, what the what what the NFL is doing media wise. It's working like gangbusters. But again, you know, Goodell has helped finalize, helped labor peace, brought about. He's like, I'm still really not sure what his job is outside of taking orders from owners to be their human shield. Whenever anyone wants to start yelling at NFL player safety or lack of diversity in ownership suites or in coaching boxes, they just shove Roger in front of a podium and he gives these totally half-hearted, non-filling, filibuster answers. And he is good at speaking for six minutes in a row saying absolutely nothing. Nothing of conviction. He offers up platitudes. He offers up uh, excuses and promises that things are going to get better and that the right initiatives are being taken and the studies and all this. It's a, it's a, the man is basically chief lip service for the NFL. And he is an easy to find dartboard to throw all of your problems at. Lack of diversity must be NFL, must be Goodell's fault. 
Lack of transparency must be Goodell's fault. Not caring about con- concussions must be Goodell's fault. Player almost died and they continued the game. It must be Roger Goodell's fault. Everything, it's, he's an easy, low-hanging apple to pick on. And I think that that is probably the job that he serves the NFL more than anything else. Like, he's... He's not the primary or chief negotiator on any of these deals. I mean, he obviously signs off. He obviously, you know, people are working at the pleasure of Roger Goodell in some ways around the league office, but Roger works at the pleasure of the owners and he holds province over none of them. So maybe he is just the perfect guy to catch the world's heat uh, uh, um, and And that's the way NFL owners want it. They're very, very happy that Roger is willing to be the world's punching bag for any problems, whether he be responsible for them or not. And that's the job. Like, what are they paying this guy? Over $700 million in career earnings to do a job that I think a lot of other people could have also done. I mean, it's really, it was what if he, if Roger Goodell were really worth like $700 million to the league, he could get hit by a bus tomorrow. The league wouldn't miss a beat. Again, anybody who could vanish tomorrow and nothing changes can't be worth what they're paying him. But it's uh, look i'm i'm going to tell you right now i don't care how high profile or public it is with all of the anger and venom that gets thrown at the guy like you could burn down my home every day for 700 million dollars and i i wouldn't care just be like we're going to go buy another home as long as the family wasn't in and as long as nobody was hurt yeah i'll just go get another one no wonder why Roger Goodell doesn't give a shit about what anybody says about, well, you know, they they let Jim Trotter go, and that seemed a little weird. He doesn't care. Right? The, the, look, football doesn't care about anything other than the business of football. It doesn't matter how many uh, how, how many players need to be uh, injured or unprotected, or uh, it doesn't matter. Diversity, the NF, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Hold on. Yikes. Where was I? Oh, yeah. The NFL couldn't give a rip about diversity. They don't even think about it unless they're actually being pressed to talk about it. The NFL doesn't care. The NFL doesn't care about any color other than green. And Roger Goodell helps care about the color green. You know, is he a bad guy? No. He's not. He's not a bad guy. I bet you Roger Goodell isn't a bad guy. I bet you he's someone who does very well in the boardroom, in the meeting, on the golf course, hanging out, being dudes. But he's great at all that. He's clearly a smart guy, and he is a very well-paid guy to do what exactly for the league at this point in time? I don't know. I mean, all media rights deals have been agreed to. Uh franchises are all healthy as an ox and no one's looking to move anymore. There's really no talk of expansion. Uh, What do you need to pay this guy tens upon tens upon tens of million dollars a year to do? What is he doing? I, 
I don't know. Anyways, you know, I'm not going to worry about another man's pocket. Congratulations, Roger. What you do around here, we don't quite understand. You know, a whole bunch of media members get up and yell at you for about an hour every Super Bowl week. Outside of that, really not sure what your job is. Really something else. Good work if you can find it. Raise your kids to be the next commissioner of the NFL. It seems to be a very lucrative proposition. Mm Mm-hmm. There it is. That's the sip of the day. That was a good one. That was perfect. Temp on point, flavor on point. It all worked right there. It all came together. It was glorious. Speaking of all coming together, I would like your lunch plans to come together in glorious fashion. And believe me, they will at Ike's. Get yourself a sandwich at Ike's today. It's beautiful. Go to one of his places. Sit outside. Eat a sandwich sitting on the bumper of your car. Just enjoy a delicious sandwich made by someone who not only cares about your lunch, but cares about the communities that he operates in, his employees. Ike does it the right way. He is the only qualified person to run Ike's, where I think we could have several people stepping into Roger Goodell's spot. There is only one Ike. Only Ike could do it Ike's way. Find out what Ike's way is if you don't know, and I know so many of you already do know. Also, sign up for that rewards app. Start earning free sandwiches as you eat sandwiches. That's a that that's a benefit. That's a value add. So go ahead and get yourself to Ike's, whatever your flavors may be. He can accommodate them. I promise you that. I told you that my pal Stefan was feeling generous once again, and I've got a promo code for you for bottomlinebets.com. Would you like another free day of handicapping? My man Rob C-Note slipped into a show I was doing last night, tipped a C-Note, and said, this is from the winnings that I've been getting with Bottom Line Bets. I love that. Thank you very much, Rob. And thank you very much, Stefan. Promo code Bruce, B-R-U-C-E, at BottomLineBets.com. B-R-U-C-E is the promo code to get a day of free handicapping. Once you get a day of free handicapping, you're going to want to either sign up for a week or a month or for the remainder of the year because my guy catches heaters and winds like people catch colds these days. Find out for yourself. Use promo code Bruce, B-R-U-C-E, bottomlinebets.com. They're winning. The bottom line is they win. That is not just a slogan on the advertisement. It's the freaking truth. My man is hitting hockey games. My man is hitting playoff games in Major League Baseball. And if you're looking for NFL winners, he serves those up and stacks them like pancakes. Bottomlinebets.com. Promo code Bruce for a free day of handicapping. Tell a friend. Bottomlinebets.com. It's a good week. Week is rolling along here. We're getting closer and closer to an NBA season. Getting closer and closer to a weekend where you basically can sit around and watch football stress-free on Saturday and Sunday because the 49ers aren't going to play until Monday night. 
And when they do get playing on Monday night, the question is, is Christian McCaffrey going to be out there playing with them? We got a little news on the McCaffrey injury front right about when we went off the air yesterday. Uh, The injury news on Debo, Trent Williams, and Christian McCaffrey on the surface of all of it looks pretty good. We've got everybody basically listed day to day. Uh, I would treat one of those guys, though, unlike the others. Look, Trent, here's the deal. If you can stand, you're playing. Because 50% of Trent Williams is better than just about 100% of anybody else. So Trent, here's the deal you've made with the devil. Unless you've got a broken femur, you're out there. Debo Samuel, same boat, kind of. Same boat. You, you you just go out and, and you play. You're very, very important to what we do. If we want to be successful out here, especially on a day where I don't think they should play Christian McCaffrey, Debo, we're going to need you out there. So Williams and Debo, I think, got to play Monday night football. And even if Christian McCaffrey can play, I wouldn't play him. I'm a big believer that the player plays, and he's a very special player, and he's going to want to play. And if he doesn't play, it's going to snap his consecutive games with a touchdown streak that is going on with the 49ers right now. But who cares? This is not about a season of Christian McCaffrey's streaks. This is about going to the playoffs. The way that he's taken a pounding, a week off here, play against the Bengals, get another week off after that with the bye, sounds like a really good way to make sure Christian McCaffrey is a better chance of being around for your postseason than if you just try to run him back out on the field, whether he be feeling good or not. Christian McCaffrey is a must-have healthy come postseason play. We have talked an awful lot about how the Niners need to be the one seed. They need to host the NFC title game. I'll make a deal with you right now. I would rather play a wild card game with a healthy Christian McCaffrey than host the NFC title game without him. I I mean, that's how important he is. Christian McCaffrey is the skeleton key that has unlocked all the glory of the Niners since he has joined this team. And what do you know in the First game that he can't finish with the 49ers. It's an offensive struggle. That entire game didn't even come close to 30 points. That is causation, correlation, however you are most comfortable chalking it up. Christian McCaffrey is the one must-have of all Niners. I even extend that to Brock Purdy. I really do. I think Christian McCaffrey is the single most important dude in the locker room. So he's got to be healthy come postseason. The way that he's being used, it it feels like that that would be, you know, cross your fingers and hope it happens. So I, I would also recommend just shutting him down through the bye week. I mean, I, I seriously, that's how important he is to the gumbo that this team's trying to cook up at the end of the year. Got to have him. Got to have him. So exercise caution with Christian McCaffrey. I do believe it is the right thing to do. I do believe it is the right thing to do to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Uh, It would mean an awful lot if you hit that notify button too. And that way, whenever we go live, whenever it happens, whenever there's a new video up, you will know all about it. Uh, Thank you for the unwavering support. You Plusers have been incredible. New people in here. Welcome new people. It's wonderful to have you. You're going to find the single most likable 
chat experience you're going to find in any sports-based chat room uh, going on on the internet. The folks that we have talking sports with each other are good sports fans who go about having fun but still treating people with a, a, a modicum of respect, which just even a scotch of respect these days sticks out like a sore thumb. Absolutely love a bona fide, honest-to-God community that we are building. And I feel like it's officially time for me to start promoting the fact that Plus Mania 2 Electric Boogaloo is going to happen at Victory Hall on November 5th starting around noon, one o'clock. Let's just call, let's call it a, a one o'clock start. A one o'clock start, Victory Hall, November 5th, free to you. We're not charging admission. I believe Larry Kruger is going to be there. Gianna's going to be there. There's some old band members that we're trying to invite to come along. I can't confirm anyone other than yours truly, and Jillian for sure being there, but we are starting to get very excited about it. You Plusers start making plans, block off by week of the 49ers to come and hang out with us and watch some football, just hang out. Maybe we'll record a podcast. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We'll figure it all out, uh, but we're going to get together. We're going to have a good time. We're going to drink some drinks. We're going to eat some food. We're going to high five each other. And maybe we even step outside and put something in the air because that's how we get down as a group. Mm. Putting this coffee in the air. Hell yeah. We have a second quarterback in the NFL Starting quarterback lost for the season. The news today broke. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers lasted one series with the Jets. He was our first quarterback down for the year. Anthony Richardson, done for the year. He's been knocked out of three games already, and it doesn't feel like his body is necessarily cut out for NFL action. He's been concussed. He's been injured basically just about every time he's been out there, and now he needs shoulder surgery unquestionably a promising talent, but will his body allow him to run the race that every single quarterback is trying to run? And the race is, how quickly can I get good at this before my body stops me from doing it? It's a brutal, brutal league, especially on quarterbacks. When they take a licking, sometimes they just do not get up. Um, this is... This is the Colts now, uh, I mean, who have drafted this guy with great aspirations. It doesn't feel like he's going to even last five years in this league. Uh, very few careers last five years in this league. I doubt there's been many careers that have lasted more than five years in the league when you've been knocked out of every game you've played in and your season is now over after six weeks because of surgery needed. Doesn't sound good. But, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be a miracle baby and he'll make it through all of it and we'll talk about him going to the Hall of Fame one day. We don't know. What we do know is that the Colts are going to be rocking Gardner Minshew mustaches pretty much for the rest of the year. It's Gardner Minshew's show now in Indianapolis. Uh, we got a little attrition also happening around the league right in the NFC West. Did you see today that the Los Angeles Rams are going to be without running back Kyron Williams after he sprained his ankle in LA's win over Arizona? He was having a great day, a career high 158 yards and a touchdown, but he sprained his ankle and he's expected now to be out through at least week 10. So the rolling 
rolling in better than anyone thought that they would be. Los Angeles Rams, their season just got a bit more difficult. They uh, signed Miles Gaskins off of Minnesota's practice squad. They're promoting their own guys from their practice squad. I'll tell you, man, Sean McVay has had problems at running back like every year he's been there. This whole, like the, the Cam Akers washing out in weird ways over the last two years is well documented. Uh, it's like the McVay and the Rams, they always got an issue at running back. Um, and they got one now with Kyron Williams playing some of the best ball of his career. He's going on the shelf for a few weeks at the very, very least. Uh, how about this? This is a good story from football to share with you. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about that Charger fan who got an awful lot of TV time on Monday Night Football. She was going crazy celebrating a touchdown. And we even asked aloud, like, do you think that that's real? I certainly hope that that's real. If she's a plant, if this is a hired actress, because I don't even know if the Chargers have fans, much less a fan that cares as much as she does, what is the deal with this woman? Well, apparently she was on the McAfee show just yesterday, and she's a real person. She's a real fan. And what you saw really, really happened. That's good. That's good. I was afraid that it might be false. I'm glad that there's something real there. And so because the internet is always looking to rob people of a good story or enthusiasm, the internet came for her. And they found a picture of her wearing a Vikings jersey with a face painted purple with skull across her forehead. And everyone's like, isn't this a little awkward? Well, what do you know? That's been explained away, too. So apparently this woman was born in Minnesota, which means she's still a little bit of a Vikings fan. And she's moved to L.A., and she adopted the Chargers because they moved to the city right around the same time she did. And she didn't want to be a Rams fan, I guess. So she's like, all right, I live in L.A. Uh, fuck it, Chargers. Uh, you know, that's that's basically the decision that she made. Well, I, you know, here's the thing. I do not like sports bigamy. Like, pick a team and root for it. However... What if I told you she had a son who played high school football for a team called the Vikings, and that's where that picture came from. She wore her old Vikings jersey, and it looked like an old Vikings jersey from like the Adrian Peterson era, but she wore an old Vikings jersey, painted her face, and it wasn't about her NFL fandom. She is a huge football fan. Her kid's team was playing. Let's get, the, get off this lady's back. How miserable do you have to be to see somebody genuinely enjoying themselves and you trying to go out of your way to be like, no, nah, it's not real. It's inauthentic. Uh, oh, my God. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Anyways, good for her. Good for the Chargers. They got a fan. We have one. We have one for sure Los Angeles Chargers fan. Um, I know that we said, well, Gianna was a Chargers fan. She was a San Diego Chargers fan. I don't think she's rocking Chargers anymore. But I'm glad that that story turned out to have some authenticity to it. I really am. I want to tell you about one more thing before we hop into Club Plus. Has you seen that Micah Parsons officially has his feelings hurt? This is why 
Not everyone should probably have a podcast because you might be exposing yourself unnecessarily to the world and proving that you, you, you don't even really get how your own industry works that you're in. So Micah Parsons, after the Cowboys beat that Chargers team, and after the 49ers and Jets, or excuse me, the 49ers and Eagles both lose, after the Cowboys got to be the world's punching bag after getting embarrassed by the 49ers, Micah Parsons is basically saying like, hey, why don't you bring that same energy to the 49ers losing or, or the Eagles losing? Talking about criticism thrown at the Cowboys after their loss to the 49ers in comparison to when other teams lose, like the Eagles, to the Jets over the weekend, Micah Parsons quoted an ESPN saying, quote, I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And look, people did take the bashing of Dak to a personal level that it probably doesn't need to go to. And I'm not talking about fans who can't be held responsible for acting like adults at any point in time, but like real NFL analysts, uh, you know, what, what, what's his face on local broadcast was like, Dak sucks. Dante Whitner. It's like, Dak sucks. Here, look, Dak had a bad game, but saying Dak sucks is, is, is a bit harsh. Um, anyways, Parson says, I don't, I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and not have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles, the star pass rusher said Tuesday on his The Edge with Micah Parsons podcast. Parsons then pivoted, according to the ESPN story, to the 49ers who revealed uh, who re uh, reveled in, in their victory over the Cowboys last week before being stunned in Cleveland by the Browns. The two-time Pro Bowler ripped a Fox Sports analyst who accused the Niners' loss, um, who excused the Niners' loss because of injuries to McCaffrey and Debo, saying that pissed me off before pointing out the fact that the Browns won despite not having quarterback Deshaun Watson or running back Nick Chubb. Well, look, there's a big difference between knowing a guy's not going to play all week and having other guys prepare and then losing guys that are in your game plan for this team and, and just vanishing in game. So there's a difference there. Micah has to know that. I guess what Micah doesn't understand is how big the Dallas Cowboys are. I, I mean, that's what's what he doesn't. Here's the deal. When we talk about crown jewels of the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys are probably the center jewel in the NFL's crown. Now, the 49ers are either to the left or to the right. Wherever the like one of the other most important teams in football go in that crown, that that's the Dallas, the, the Dallas Cowboys are right in front, and then it's the Niners, and then you got uh that, well, I, I don't even want to go through NFL pecking order of supremacy here. It's not worth it. But Micah, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that there's no star in this league, no team in this league that shines brighter globally than the Dallas Cowboys, and you get everything that comes with it, dude. You know, the Eagles got a real, real passionate fan base, but you don't find many Eagles fans everywhere you go unless it's big hopping on the bandwagon time. But Eagles fans are very passionate, but they're concentrated pretty much in eastern Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Eagles have never been regarded as a national brand. They're a zealously supported local brand, but nationwide, the Eagles are this.
Nationwide, the 49ers are this. Nationwide, the Dallas Cowboys are this. Micah, you are playing under the hottest spotlight there is in sports. You're a Dallas Cowboy and I have to explain to you what it is to be a Dallas Cowboy? He went on to say, so why is it that we're all just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're all and it's all talk but 100 100 excuses for other teams? If y'all just going to go hate the Dallas Cowboys nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys nation. They are saying that. You've got an entire show based around Stephen A. Smith laughing at Dallas Cowboy losses. Like, dude, wake up and smell the coffee that the media is brewing. I mean, someone needs to tell Micah Parsons how the world and its media works. Let me help. Here, This is the honest to God's truth. Micah Parsons needs to know this. He needs to hear this. If the Dallas Cowboys were having an intra-squad hamburger eating contest... It would be more important and a bigger story than the Miami Dolphins reaching the Super Bowl, than the Colts reaching the Super Bowl, than the Minnesota Vikings reaching the Super Bowl, than the Tennessee Titans or Jacksonville Jaguars or the Texans winning a Super Bowl. A Dallas Cowboys hamburger eating contest would be covered by more outlets than other teams winning Super Bowls. That's who you are, dude. You're the New York Yankees. Do you get it now? There's going to be more criticism, more anger, more venom thrown your way than anyone. As just a personal example, just a personal example, um, my channel, my channel, the one that you're watching right now, averages about, you know, anywhere from eight to about 12,000 views in any 24-hour period. It, it's, it's a humble number for some. It's a really nice number for me as we're growing all this, and this is the slow tick up of you know YouTube relevance. The day after beating the Dallas Cowboys, my channel got 24,000 views in 24 hours. Double the attention that I have ever had for any other team. It's not because the Niners won. It's because the Cowboys lost. It's a big part of it. So just from my own personal experience, I'm going to tell you if I get the 49ers to schedule a game against the Dallas Cowboys 17 times a year, I would take that over a well-spread around schedule. The Dallas Cowboys bring more people to the table than anyone. Micah. You should get this, considering you're their starting linebacker. You should know this. Again, I should be NFL commissioner, and I would explain to players the pecking order of the teams that they're on. I'd basically walk into the Houston Texans, and I'd be like, one of you people are going to have to murder somebody for us to even probably talk about you for more than three minutes. Dallas Cowboys, one of you farts wrong in a press conference. It will lead SportsCenter. It will lead Sports Center. I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Come on, Micah. You know, location, location, location. 
you're in Dallas. Spotlight's hotter there than everywhere else. How do I have to explain this to guys? Little baseball for you before we hop into Club Plus. The scary thing about the Phillies is that they were mashing postseason home runs at a historic pace, and that's before Kyle Schwarber started hitting home runs. Schwarbs hits them in bunches throughout his entire career, and it feels like the next bunch of home runs that Kyle Schwarber is about to hit started in game one of the NLCS after not homering in the postseason. Now Kyle Schwarber has homered three times in the last two games. He's got Phillies all around him going bombs away. They look unstoppable at home. They have the craziest, loudest, most at a rock star, at a rock concert fan base you're going to find in a baseball stadium ever. And the Arizona Diamondbacks have just been overwhelmed two nights in a row. Game three of the NLCS resumes in Arizona at two o'clock on Thursday afternoon. That means the ALCS, which resumes this evening, has the stage all to itself. Bruce Bochy is two wins away from another World Series appearance and would become the first manager ever to win three LCSs with three different clubs. Go Boach. Game starts at 5 o'clock on FS1. I'll be watching. I'll be watching that, and I will be watching for the first time in, I don't know, no, I'm not even exaggerating, probably for the first time in 15 years, I will be watching late-night TV tonight. The last time I saw a show that was hosted, the, the Stephen Colbert show, Jillian and I were in New York City, and we actually went to a taping of the Stephen Colbert show. That's the one and only time I've basically ever watched that show other than a few highlights that I've caught over social media. Tonight, I'm going to be watching Stephen Colbert because he's got talking heads Talking Heads has not played together, and they're probably not playing together tonight. They've got Stop Making Sense, the Jonathan Demme greatest concert film of all time being re-released right now in IMAX. I've seen it so many times, I don't even need to go see it in IMAX. I love Talking Heads, but I'm not, I, 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 I've seen Stop Making Sense enough times where I probably don't need to pay to go see it. Having said that, if by any chance tonight Talking Heads decides to get off of Stephen Colbert's couch, walk over and start playing, that's going to be my Beatles on Ed Sullivan moment. I might start crying in the living room if that happens. It's probably not going to happen because David Burns and Tina Weymouth hate each other. Red, hot, flaming hate each other. I can't even believe they're all going to sit on the same couch and, and be nice together. I've been asked a million times at concerts. There's always, uh, you know, people talking, talking, talking before a show starts. And it's usually me at a fish show. And someone will ask, you know, hey, fish all of a sudden can't walk out there and play tonight. What band would be cool with you if they walked out there? My answer is always talking heads. And just in a straight up, it doesn't matter if you guys hate each other. Let me tell you what you're talking heads could do a one night at the sphere charging $10,000 per ticket. And it would sell out instantly. 
my wife would not like to hear my argument that I need to be at that show. I, I, I told Jillian, I'm like 10,000 a ticket. I'm probably out at 5,000. I'm in. She's like, well, we're really trying to build something here and we don't have money for that. And I'm like, I know, but it's talking heads. Like I, I would actually, while I'm trying to recoup, uh, the loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars since my layoff, um, I, I would absolutely sell one of my children to go see talking heads. I won't tell you which Jack, I'm, I'm going to talk. If, if talking heads tours, I'm fucking going, I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. Everyone, there's no way it's going to happen, but if it happens and you're like, Hey, where did Damon go? Oh, he's out on talking heads tour. Do you think we'll ever hear from him again? Probably not. So, okay. There you go. So set your DVR to tape Colbert if you feel the same way about talking heads that I do. Just watching the four of them try to talk civilly together on a couch is going to be interesting enough. If for any moment they go and they play a song, oh my God, if they play a song tonight, oh my God. Ah. Oh. Let it be slippery people, by the way. There's no way that they would play that, but let it be slippery people. All right, kids. Are you ready? Are you ready to hop into Club Blues? If you're listening to the podcast, this is where we say goodbye. This is where we wish you a great day and thank you for listening. And we want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.